Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Take a man podcast from Odyssey Sports. I'm Craig Hoffman. He is Logan Paulson. Announced last week for the commanders that they will do a couple of joint practices with the Baltimore Ravens ahead of their preseason game. That's the Monday night football game, or I don't even know if it's on a Monday night, but it's the ESPN game. Uh, Of course, Logan. Yeah, of course, Logan and B. Mitch and Chick will be on the call. We don't get to be on the call because other... it's a national. Oh, I was going to say, for the other two games. Yes, for the uh, other games. Mo- Monday, 8 o'clock. I think that's August 21st off the top of my head. Uh, thank you, Nick, for the note. But the the joint practice, uh, is Logan, were you a part of any of them during your career, and why are they so beneficial? Because I certainly have my theories, but I was never a part of one outside of watching uh, Trent Williams nearly kill a guy uh, dur- against the Jets and making sure that I got out of the way before that happened. Uh, yeah, I, I hated joint practices as a player. I absolutely despised them. Because, like, you know, we talked about how you're kind of always, or I was always operating in, like, this 8, 9, 10 range, even in off season. You know, I was always stressed out, always worried about whether I was going to make the team. And here was this thing where they're adding, like, a game environment. And it's even more stressful because you don't always know the tempo. You don't always know what people are looking for. And so I think that that was something that uh, I hated. I absolutely hated it. But being on this side of the the microphone, this side of the veil, um, you know, evaluating guys, you know, in the draft, evaluating free agents, things like that, this is an invaluable piece of seeing like where your team is at. And uh, this used to be kind of what preseason was for, but people are so worried about guys getting hurt in preseason. Now they have these joint practices, which allow you to say, hey, we're going to work red zone concepts against another team. We're going to work third down uh, concepts against another team, two minute, four minute first and second down and kind of see where our offense is at and see how our personnel line up against another team. And so I, I think that, you know, even though as a player, I, I, I couldn't have hated anything more as a coach, as a scout, as a front office person, these are really, really valuable pieces to kind of say, this is actually where our team is at. And if you think about the last couple of years, you know, Kimes brought this up on his show. I've talked about him, about this with him a couple of times, just on the phone. And, you know, like one of the reasons they start slow is oftentimes guys are kind of in misrepresented roles. And I think a big part of that misrepresented role is that you didn't flush out your evaluation. Right. Um, And again, the preseason games are totally different. You get guys like the Rams, for example, who don't play any of their starters. So you're going to look great against those guys. But now in this joint practice context, like I get to practice against Lamar. I get to see what that looks like. I get to, you know, um, you know, go against a true starting right and left tackle uh, of Baltimore and go against a very good defense and say, okay, you know, this is a problem that if they bring this, this three week pressure, like how do we handle that? And you can kind of evaluate, get all that evaluation flushed out. So I think 
it's a, it's an excellent move. It's going to be annoying for the players. It's probably going to be annoying for the coaches on some level because they got to go out to Baltimore and have a couple of days away from the family. But from a team building, roster building standpoint, very very valuable piece. I think it's a pretty essential part of getting ready for a season. If I was a coach, I would try to do it literally every year. Yep. I would also try to do it early ish because I think the the biggest downside of joint practices is there's always fights. And part of that is going back to what we just kind of talked about, where at the end of, you know, it's like three weeks of OTAs, four weeks of OTAs, you've just kept hitting the same dudes and you're kind of getting sick of, of practice. It's a hundred degrees. And that's how it used to be down in Richmond. Obviously it's uh, only 95 here, uh, although it's pretty swampy in Ashburn. Yeah. Um, so like, you're just, you're just beaten down and cranky and, you're sitting in meetings all day and, and two a day practice, you know, even if it's one's a walkthrough, it's like, do I really want to be outside at 4 PM in the sun walking through in a bucket hat? Like you just, everything's annoying at yeah. that stage. And so you finally get a chance to hit someone that's not in, in another Jersey. You, you finally get a chance to take that out uh, a little bit. And inevitably someone says something, someone hits a little too hard. Someone does something and there's a massive brawl and it happens almost every joint practice session. And so I would try to do it a little earlier if I was a coach. Um, I'd also try to make sure the practice is structured so that it peaks towards the end and we don't have too much chirping and too many opportunities for things to go sideways early. And because what always happens is you wind up getting a day and a half of practice at yeah, best, right? Right. You, you end that practice and, and it's just like, all right, we're done because a bunch of dudes are ready to kill each other. And there was just a big you know, brawl and we can't possibly think about starting again. Um, by the way, ask Mo what he did to a Gatorade machine next time you see him on a, what, after the Jets joint practice. What did he do to the Gatorade machine? Uh, I think you should just ask Mo. I'll ask Mo about when I see him. Yeah, and uh, see what he tells you. And then you can uh, report back on the pod. But like I, that, that to me is the only concern. Outside of that, it's a chance to see different looks. It's a chance to see different schemes. It's a chance to evaluate your players against not your own, which can, you know, sometimes it's like, wow, our defense looks great. It's like, oh, crap. Our defense actually wasn't great. Our offense was terrible. Right. Um, that was kind of the 2019 team. Um, and so you just have these thoughts of like, this is who we are and you don't have a measuring stick. I don't understand why you wouldn't want that measuring stick every year as a nice reality check for you. And especially if you can come up with a system that ultimately limits the big downside, which is the brouhaha that inevitably happens at the end of every joint practice session. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, and I, I really think it's going to test you. Touch it tests your coach's leadership. You know, I did uh, two or three joint practices at my time, and um, you know, I got in fight big, huge brawls in two of them, and then in the one where we had against New England, there was no, there was not even a hint of a fight. And I think because Bill Belichick was just governing that thing with an iron fist, and I think. You know, like no offense to Jay, I like Jay a lot, but when he when we had a joint practice against Houston, you know, Bill O'Brien is the head coach for the other team, and you know he's like, you know, it was on hard knocks. So each day it was like, oh, they beat they beat us on the first day. That was Jay saying us. So then guys are like, okay, we got to go out and practice harder, and then we beat them on the second day. And then they he's like, well, we're not having guys who are out here 
Bill O'Brien who are going to look like this on film. So guys don't want to get embarrassed. And all of a sudden it's, it went from kind of this mutual helping each other out, which is a tough practice anyway, to now it is a game and there is no regulation here from like officials or anything like that. And inevitably there's going to be a fight. So I do think understanding from the coach's standpoint, like quite frankly, like early, late, like there's going to be a fight if the coaches aren't on the same page with the practice tempo and they aren't fostering an environment where it's like, Hey, like that's nonsense. Like for example, and against new England, like, um, Belichick got up in front of the team and was like, if anyone gets in a fight, you will not practice for the rest of the week. And that is a huge, huge thing, especially for a guy like me who's trying to make the team. If I don't practice for the rest of the week, like, you know, getting cut. I'm getting cut. Right, exactly. So it's like, well, I better be smart about how I'm handling this. And when that guy pushes me after the whistle, like I can't push him back because I got to be here for the next five days. So I think establishing those types of rules are even more important than like where it is in the training camp hierarchy. Cause like you said, it's annoying, but it, joint practices are annoying regardless. And guys are just up. It's just, it's like this. And it's the, it's ultimate competitive guys in a very competitive environment. No one wants to look bad. So how does the, how do coaches handle it? How do position coaches handle it? How does team leadership handle it? And again, like there's value there too, because it shows you what kind of leadership you have on, on your squad and what kind of team you are. But it's yeah. very hard not to get in a fight in these situations. Hard Knocks last year, Dan Campbell and uh, Frank Reich uh, talked about that before their joint practices with the Colts and Lions. And they, if I'm remembering correctly, I don't think they had anything. There was maybe like one shoving thing, but like yeah. there wasn't the giant fracas yeah. a la the, the Houston thing, yeah. with, you know, D-Hop and D-Hall and, um, you know, all that happened. The Jets thing was a melee in 20, whatever that was. That was nuts. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, Jay was not. That was not one of Jay's strengths. That was for sure. Um, but I do think someone like Ron, like Ron and Harbaugh, yeah, I don't anticipate any problems uh, yeah, with, so with that crew. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, got to handle we'll it well. You got to handle it well. And um, you know, I could see hard. It's it's just it's tough because if one if one coach comes at it and says something different to their team, like hey, we want to win the practice, and then the other coach comes back and says, oh, we lost the practice, like just that that wording that relationship with the players because no one wants to look like look bad so you're going to come out and it's going to be a full speed practice someone's going to tackle someone to the ground someone's going to finish a block and then everyone is heated because no one wants to look bad and it's going to be a like a 300 battle you know what i mean everyone's just going to charge across the field at each other and you know like it's braveheart or something so yeah i will (laughs) say that uh 20 whatever it was where uh against the jets like the Brawl was fairly close. I mean, that one was scary because, like, you you know, remember how it was in Richmond, right? Where like yeah, yeah. you had the fans up on, you know, kind of going up on the hill, and we as media sat kind of between the, you know, on the inside of the rope yeah. between the field and the fans, and that thing started like right in front of us, and all of us were like, "Get the hell out of Dodge," <laughs> um, which was also hilarious because then you had the PR staff yelling at us to not film it, and oh, really? all the fans were allowed to film it. And oh. I was just like, "This is dumb." Um, but like my first concern was, and I remember literally thinking this, Trent Williams is punching people. I need to get out of yeah. the way and make sure that I don't accidentally get hit here. Yeah. Um, but getting out of the way and then that with him was super scary because once we were out of the way, uh, it just kept spilling over and like almost went into the stands slash might've gone into the stands. And that's obviously incredibly scary. Yeah. Um, and you know, from a, like a PR perspective, not what you want to showcase. Hey, oh, come watch our practice yeah. where we all get in a 300 uh, style battle royale. <laughs> Um, but 
you know, hopefully uh, it's successful. And and like we said, there's a huge, huge amount huge of upside benefit. to it. But this and, is the, and, the, the drawback is that you get one day of practice or one and a half days of practice. So. Yeah. But I mean, the, the good, the good thing, uh, for the commanders is they get those, uh, kind of enhanced practices after they miss two during OTAs. If we didn't yeah. mention that, uh, I think we did mention it yeah, earlier in the show it, yeah. because of the over contact last year, uh, commanders stripped to some OTA practices. So getting those joint practices, uh, they're not bonus practices, but they are probably better quality practices yeah. and they feel even more important this year. All right. Uh, we will have more on OTAs and everything on Wednesday as they'll be getting ready to get started. Uh, so we will see you then. In the meantime, make sure that you are subscribed wherever you're watching or listening right now, especially if you're watching on YouTube where you like to consume YouTube content. Also, go subscribe to the Team 980's YouTube page. We stream the Hoffman Show there each and every day from 4 to 7 p.m. Uh, so, yeah, check that out. We'll see you on the radio. See you back here on the podcast uh, later in the week uh, for Logan.